It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome again to Small Business Digest Radio. My name is Donald Mazzella, and I'm Editorial Director of Small Business Digest. We come to you in three channels, here at Blog Talk Radio, through our online newsletters, and in our print and online magazine. They are all now available to you in one location, www.smallbusinessdigest.net. That's www.smallbusinessdigest.net. Each hour here at Small Business Digest Radio, we hope to bring you information, strategies, and suggestions to help small business managers increase profits, add sales, better manage cash flow, improve employee management, and streamline operations. Our program today is somewhat diverse, and we hope to bring you information uh, some uh, actionable information that will help you uh, your marketing go viral, what you should do as a small business owner about building a local presence, and more. Our first guest is Nicholas Bolloy. He is the CEO of HB Agency, an integrated marketing firm that works with multinational corporations such as HP and ING, and here uh, to talk to you about going viral and about telling the story. Nick, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Donald. Well, first, we always ask our guests first questions a little bit about themselves. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Nick. Um, well, I'm a I'm a marketing guy and a PR guy. I've been I've been working in the industry for about 20 years, and I started the firm at the agency. Uh, 14 years ago with another fellow who's still there with me, um, and we primarily focus on, on business to good business, to business uh, um, markets as well as a few business to consumer markets, um, often around technology. Well, my first question is, how did you gain your first marketing experience? Oh, boy, good question. I, I, I was a writer. In um, in grad school and an English major, and I also had a, a, a facility with numbers and business ideas and concepts, and I had started a few small businesses, um, and it seemed that marketing was a great place to go into if you knew how to how to wordsmith, and you also knew something about business. Well, uh, you're here tonight to talk to talk about two things: uh, uh, viable marketing and how to make. Um, a product or an idea go uh, viral, uh, especially for a small business, which is our audience, and also to talk about the fact that you, uh, you have to tell a story. So, which do you want to start with first? Well, let's let's start a little bit. Let's start with a little bit on story, and then we'll talk about um, trying to get things to go viral because it makes sense for us to talk about how how you 
with the purpose of a story and why it's important to tell a good story. Well, Does that why make sense? is it important? Yes. Why is it important uh, to tell a good story? So one of the one of the problems I think a lot of businesses have is they really rely on their features and benefits or the products they have to differentiate themselves. And and let's say you're a technology business or or even a, a bricks and mortar store with selling cameras or selling anything else. The things you have are not going to be just yours for very long. If you've got if you're if you're on a street corner selling cameras, well the guy next door is going to get the same cameras you're selling or better ones. Features and benefits products you have are never enough well what then what do you have to do so, or what so should you do it, it what we remember as human beings what we talk about around the water cooler are stories um, and the better the story the more we talk about it and businesses are learning to differentiate themselves with their stories now often their stories are related to what they have to sell but Sometimes they're not. Sometimes a, a bank will differentiate itself because of the the stories around the employees and what they've done for customers, which have a little bit but not much to do about the products they offer, which are probably just about the same as every other bank. And often that will happen in, in technology. If you if you look at a, stories that, that a company like Apple built around its products, the stories that they showed in their commercials, the stories that they showed online. These were the things that helped make consumers interested and excited about their products, in addition to having really sexy products. But often this, the product's features and benefits weren't as good as some of the competition. Well, well um, let, me, let me go a little bit sideways for one minute and just ask, when, when I was growing up, it was the brand that uh, there was the Macy's of the, the world, there were the GEs of the world, and it was the brand that uh, told the story. Are you saying now that uh, we have to do more than just have a brand? We need to tell a story? I am, and I think for the for the small business, they look at – those are great examples. They look at Macy's and they look at GE and they think, wow, how do I make my brand like that? Well – the truth is you're never going to have enough marketing dollars to do that. One of the reasons those brands are so so solidified in our minds is because we see so much marketing from those companies and we're we're over and over we're told certain things in in ads, in print ads, in radio ads, in on television, over the internet and we we start to form an idea of the company well for your average business there's just not the the resources to do marketing in that way so so what i'm saying is that a good story will stick in a in a in an audience's mind as well or better than a bunch of marketing about what you have to sell i'm a small business how do i go about determining what my story should be well, that's that's a great question. You know, how do you how do you pick one from the other? And I I think one of the ways to start is to think of the audience, um, and then the other the other place to start is to think, well, what do I have that's really good and really compelling? Um, and I'll give you an example. There's a, a there's a band in Nova Scotia. It's a it's a small business in my mind because this is how the band member, members make their living. 
And something happened to that band. They they took a flight to go from their hometown to somewhere in the United States to perform. And while they were on the plane, they looked out the window, and one of the band members saw the luggage handlers throwing their guitars. Well, because they're a band, they ended up writing a song about that story. Um, and that song propelled them to fame. The song was called United Breaks Guitars. And it was really not about their their way of playing music or how good they were. It was a great story about something that happened to them that was sincere, put into a song, and it made them famous. Well, disaster often brings about that. But uh, a business uh, hopefully doesn't have a disaster or something like that. What else could they look for in, in building a song, a story? Well, let's let's um, let's stick with disaster for a moment because I think one of the places businesses do have um, disasters that I would call leverageable is that nearly every business has had the experience of having an unhappy customer, and if you've been in business for a while, you've had an unhappy customer or skeptical customer that you've turned around, and they've become your most loyal fan. That is a great story, and that's the kind of story that businesses are often afraid to tell. But if they take a customer who's who's become a friend over time, who they turned into a friend because they did something special, telling that story can become a powerful and transferable, memorable, you know, um, way that that their customers and their prospects will think about that business. They'll think about you through that story. It's interesting. As you were talking, I was thinking of an incident with myself, with a partner that started out absolutely denying everything I said or questioning everything I said and then became a firm fan. I can't tell that story, but you're right about that. But now, having identified a story... What's the best way of telling that story? Well, there, um, there. I, I won't, I won't get into it completely, but there, there are a few key concepts that apply to nearly every story we remember and care about, and I'll give you three. One of them is that expectation does not meet result. You know, so, so, so if you tell a story, and let's say you, you tell a story about going home at night and not putting your key in the door and seeing your spouse or partner there just enjoying themselves, it's incredibly boring. But the minute expectation doesn't meet result, it gets interesting, right? I put my key in the door and open the door, and I saw my, my partner lying on the floor naked with a, with a dog on top of him, you know, and blood. I mean, suddenly people are saying, well, whoa, 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 slow down. What's going on? What, really? Instead of being bored. So, similarly with a with a business story, expectation sometimes doesn't meet results. That's something you can leverage. The other thing I would suggest is that there needs to be conflict in a good story. Those are the stories we remember and we're attracted to. When there's when there's a little conflict, it goes a long way. And I think many businesses are afraid to talk about conflict. And that's what I was talking about before with. A, a story where a customer was unhappy and turned into a happy customer. That conflict can make the very interesting bones of the story. 
It's interesting. The essence of news uh, is conflict. Um, that's that's one of the first things I was taught in journalism, and and you, you're you're bringing it to this area as well. That's very interesting. Um, right, right. If it, I think, am I right in thinking there's a, a saying in the news which is, if it bleeds, it leads. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you can turn on any any uh, television news program. It's a sad truth. Um, but, but but you bring up an interesting point. People, uh, many small business, many uh, leaders of major corporations. The minute um, uh, do not like to put anything about uh, that's bad into their uh, into their uh, uh, anything their communications. I just had a uh, a story across my desk for a submission, uh, and the lawyers had so emasculated it that uh, it wasn't a story anymore. Uh, the the company story uh, lawyers. So. Uh, and I think in this in this day of social media, I, a lot of businesses are afraid of what people might think. Um, there's there's a, a in crisis communications we we have a saying which is um, the truth is often your best friend, and a lot of businesses have many stakeholders in the business that really care about their customers, and when they make a mistake, sometimes they can recover from disaster and create a great story by being caring and and working hard to earn their customers' trust. If you think back a, a while, you probably remember, as I do, the Tylenol incident in the 19, early 80s, I think. Um, Tylenol went all, all out in, actually, Johnson & Johnson went all out in fixing the problem. And even though they had a disaster on their hands, the story of what they did, taking all the bottles of Tylenol off all the shelves, in all the stores that had it, millions, even billions of dollars spent, um, the media frenzy that erupted and then the care they took in talking to the media and talking directly to their customers, all of that created a story that ended up creating a great, great amount of trust and goodwill for Johnson & Johnson, probably for decades. Yes. Uh, I, I cover that story, and uh, I do remember it, and uh, I do know that it, uh, it's a Harvard business case, and it's just about everybody's. Um, uh, hopefully, people uh, won't have face that again. Um, for for people who don't remember it or are too young to remember, uh, they, uh, if I recall, it's uh, there were somebody had slipped poisonous. Uh, Tablets into some tile and all in Chicago, if I remember correctly. Uh, am I right? That's exactly what happened. And but the real point, um, uh, it was not. In this case, it was not Johnson and Johnson's fault. It wasn't a manufacturing, but it was an extortion attempt, ex, uh, attempt. I think, if I recall. But the point was, it wasn't of their making. But uh, what they did. Did build up a tremendous amount of trust for um, Johnson and Johnson. You have a book. <laughs> Go ahead. Finish that yeah. First. Uh, well, I, that's a story I mention in, in in my book, and I think. But I, I think the point is that so many businesses get scared and business people get frightened. And I think if your intent is to do the right thing and you're very clear about it all the time, you're going to build tremendous loyalty with your with your customers and prospects. 
Well, uh, tell us about your book now. Uh, well, we just I, I just published um, through through the agency that that I run um, a book called "I Killed a Rabid Fox with a Croquet Mallet: Making Your Business Stories Compelling and Memorable." And the idea behind this book was to sm help smaller businesses understand how to craft a story. It's really a how-to. There are a few books out there on business narratives, and often they talk about the giant multinationals and the great stories of the great CEOs, like the CEO of Whole Foods or the CEO of GE. And I felt there needed to be a book out there to help your average business person understand just how to go about finding and then crafting their own stories, whether it's through video, through online media, through traditional media such as print, um, a how-to could be really useful. And so far, it's proved really useful to a lot of people. Well, first off, I love your title. How did you come Thank up with you. your title? Well, it, it, one of the stories, it's, it's interesting, it wasn't the title. And one of the stories I told was a story about me, where um, a rabid fox had wandered into my, my yard while I was sitting in the pool with my wife and some other ladies and their kids. And... Um, the fox had had been threatening, and somehow I got my hands on a croquet mallet and killed it. And I talk about the story in the book because it it made a difference to a lot of people who knew me. Not so much in what they knew about me, but in what they remembered about me. Oh, you're the guy who killed the rabid fox. My employees told people about it. My business partner told people about it. I ended up being a little bit known for that story. What was interesting to me is that I didn't care as much about it as, from a business point of view as other people did. They felt that what I had done, and it had been covered in the press, had revealed something about my character. And I realized that these stories that make up who we are are worth using in business at times. People should know these things about us because they want to know who they're dealing with. It was my business partner who then read the book and said, you have to call the book. I killed a rabid fox with a croquet mallet um, because that's that's going to be a great title. And actually, the title has gotten a lot of attention, so he was right. Well, that's why it's interesting. Uh, I, I I always ask everybody that comes on the program to say a little bit about themselves, and no no one, including you, has told a story about themselves to make themselves memorable. And I have to remember to uh, caution guests to do that. You're absolutely right, and I should have, and hopefully now people will remember I'm the guy who killed the rabbit fox with a cro croquet mallet. Um, well, we both learned something today, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, in a, in, we have about a minute left, um, to, and originally we're talking about viral marketing. In a minute, can you sum it up or give us some ideas? Well, yeah, I'll give you some ideas. First of all, it's not within our control. Second of all, I think the most critical thing you do when you tell something and you want to be fun and creative about it, but more critically, you want to make sure that what you tell isn't for everyone. If you try to please everyone, you'll please no one. If you try to, to, to aim at a specific target narrowly, you might you might hit a home run and people might run with it. Uh, the name of your book again, and we're going to invite you back on again to talk more about viral marketing. But your book again? 
I really appreciate it. I killed a rabid fox with a croquet mallet, making your business stories memorable and compelling. Thank you, and uh, we hope to see you again soon. Thanks so much. Take care, Donald. Uh, now a, br a brief, uh, you can re read more about this. We're, we're, we've asked him to do an article. Um, then you can read more about it on uh, uh, smallbusinessdigest.net. Uh, we have a brief uh, word from our sponsor, and we'll be back with Chris Rothy, CEO of Radiant Media, who will show small business leaders how, how uh, to establish an online pre a local and online presence. Just how dangerous is social networking? Use of websites like Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube are all the rage. But what are the downsides of this new technology? The incidents of bullying, stalking, harassment, and inappropriate content are increasing. Just how dangerous is it? What can you do to protect your child and yourself from it? Go to protectivecountermeasures.com for a free hour-long video on the dangers of social networking. That's protectivecountermeasures.com for your free hour-long video. Welcome back to Small Business Digest Radio. I'm Don Mazzella. Our next guest is Chris Rothy, CEO of Radiant Media, who, who, and we will be talking about establishing a local presence. Chris, are you on? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Don. I, uh, how are you? Did I pronounce your name correctly? You nailed it. Exactly right. Uh, well, that, that's good. If you've been listening in a little bit, our first question is, uh, tell us a little bit about your, yourself, your background, your personal background. <laughs> well, that's the, probably the hardest question to answer, I think, uh, for most people. And your previous guest brilliantly answered with a story. Um, you know, I grew up in the West, went to school at the University of Pennsylvania uh, on a Navy scholarship. So I served um, some time as, an, as a submarine officer in the U.S. Navy. Uh, after that, um, my best friend and I from college uh, and a few others worked together to found a company called Traffic.com, which we uh, built in order to deliver more accurate and timely traffic information to people, uh, not only through broadcast media but also uh, online and mobile. And eventually um, we sold that to Navtech Corporation, which is the, was the world's largest digital mapping company, which was eventually acquired by Nokia. And then just about 18 months ago, uh, we spun a group out of Nokia, merged it with a little startup company um, in Salt Lake City, Utah, and formed what we now call Radiate Media. So that's my background um, from a CV perspective. Um, you know, from a more personal perspective, uh, I'm married. I have four children whom I love very much, uh, two boys and two girls, and live just outside of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. Well, uh, welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, uh, before we get into radiate, uh, uh, radiate, uh, I'd like to uh, kind of frame uh, the problem for small business um, as you see it, and then we'll go there to the solution. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's interesting. Um, if you were to ask a small business owner 15 years ago what sorts of options he considered uh, when um, he or she was creating or, or advertising uh, the business, 
they'd probably say, well, you know, I, I do some yellow pages. Uh, I, I have a billboard up. Maybe they do some TV or radio. Uh, but that was really, it was a fairly simple, um, you know, equation for them to solve as to what of those methods, which of those methods would work best for them. You, you know, you should fast forward to, to today. <clears throat> the problem we have is that we have just, frankly, too many really appealing and incredibly effective technologies that can help a small business in incredibly new ways, very targeted, uh, very efficient to reach their audience. And so you think it would be a wonderful time for a small business, and for those that have figured out these technologies, it really is. Unfortunately, there are so many of them that um, it can become an overwhelming situation for a small business owner. You know, back when it was just radio, TV, you know, billboards, newspaper, and, and yellow pages, it was, it was pretty straightforward. Now the small business has to have a mo uh, has to have a website, an electronic address, as we would say. That website needs to be mobily enabled. They need to be connecting into social networks. On those social networks and other review sites, they need to be monitoring their reputation and making sure it's positive and responding to any sorts of reviews that might be negative, and so on. Uh, they need to be managing their search engine results, ensuring that people can find them when they search for them on Google. And even more importantly, now that you know, about half of the uh, searches done in the U.S. are done on mobile devices. Um, about 70% of those searches done on mobile devices are local searches, meaning people are saying, you know, where's the nearest pizza joint around me? And that type of search is entirely different. So a small business needs to be needs to ensure that uh, his or her business is listed in um, various online directories, so they'll be found in local search. Then, you know, you get to the online uh, ad campaigns, mobile ad campaigns, plus radio, TV, billboards, and yellow pages. And by the time you consider all of that, it becomes incredibly confusing and overwhelming for the small business owner. And the result is many of them choose to do nothing. Uh, it's, it's so complicated uh, that they choose um, to do nothing or have a very simplistic response. That's the problem today. Incredible technology that can help a small business promote, um, but very difficult to use in many, many cases. And at a minimum, you know, if you talk to a small business owner, in fact, Burrell just put out the other day, small business owner gets on average 17 calls per month from various technology companies trying to sell one or more of those technologies or approaches for promotion that we just listed. So... It's, it's challenging, and that's the problem small business owners face, trying to decrypt, if you will, this incredibly confusing um, promotional marketplace. Amen to that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I can, uh, no, uh, we're, we're essentially a small business, and uh, in the month of May, uh, how many did you say, um, the, the calls? I got According 40. to Burrell, they get 17 on average. So you might well, be an average buster or you might be a fortunate well, below-average guy. Well, unfortunately, I'm above average. I had 43 <laughs> in May. 43. Uh, well, so you understand the problem quite acutely then. It's, it's yeah. uh, a real challenge. Well, we're not, we're n uh, not local. And uh, um, uh, if I'm correct, we're talking now of the local uh, merchant. Am I correct? correct? Uh, yes, you're correct. Okay. Um, uh, the interesting thing is um, the uh, the average footprint for small business has gone from uh, 50 miles to now 70 miles, um, according to some of the studies we've seen. Uh, yeah, that would make sense. 
But now the the question, um, and we're going to go get into this a little bit more. I do know, as being a small business, and we talk to them every uh, day, um, what you said about uh, it becomes so overwhelming that they do little or nothing, or they put all all of their uh, uh, eggs in one basket. Uh, uh, Correct. So, so the problem now is I have all of this. I have all of these opportunities. I have a limited budget. Is now now tell us about Radiate. Well, it's interesting. So you know, having been quite close to not only businesses but also uh, media solutions for those businesses over the years, you know, we looked at that problem and said the real challenge here isn't that the technologies don't exist. I mean, the technologies are quite amazing, frankly, and there are some really great companies out there doing amazing things in each of these little spaces. The problem really is nobody has made it so that a small business can digest those technologies in an easy way. And I like to compare it, you know, it's, it's funny, I think everyone makes comparisons to Apple, but I like to compare it to, to the iPhone. Um, and, you know, if you look at the iPhone, it's an incredibly easy-to-use platform uh, with amazing pieces of technology within it. Apple, however, does not make batteries, they don't make screens, they don't make chips, they don't make memory cards, they don't make any of the components that go into an iPhone. They simply created the interface um, and the design that makes it such a compelling platform. And so all of these amazing technologies were out there, but Apple put them together in a unique way with a unique interface and changed the smartphone world completely, flipped it upside down. And so... Our goal is not to go out and recreate the technologies. They're already there, but rather to take them and integrate them into a platform and provide a very easy-to-use user interface, which allows a small business owner to manage those varying technologies, all from an interface within which he's very comfortable, familiar, one bill, um, and you know the ability to analyze all of the results from those various technologies and approaches in one place. You know, in our platform, Radiate 360, a small business owner can control and manage his website. He can um, link it to all of the social networks. Uh, he can monitor his reputation on those social networks and various review sites. He can also monitor the reputation of his chief competitors. Um, he can then go on, and uh, when he updates the information through the platform, over 130 online directories are updated to ensure that he's found when local searches are completed for him. And then lastly, he can order online and mobile ad campaigns. And then most uniquely to Radiate 360, uh, we have the second largest short-form broadcast network in the United States, meaning we have access to 15-second um, live-read radio spots uh, on 1,200-plus radio stations in the U.S. And we're developing that into a network through which they can also procure radio advertising as well. So the most complete promotional solution for them, from webs, websites to social networks to online and mobile campaigns to broadcast campaigns, all of it then can be, they can view all the analytics in one place. They can compare how their radio campaigns drove likes on Facebook or how their online campaigns caused their web pages to go up. I mean, all of those things they can monitor and compare any way they choose to in our platform. Well, uh, uh, that sounds like an all-in-one product. So let, let's uh, and uh, l let's break it down a little bit. Um, I'm a small let, let's say for the sake of argument a dry, uh, a dry cleaning store 
Would yeah. that be uh, a, a candidate for your? Uh, Absolutely, uh, a great customer. Okay. Um, uh, obviously, uh, uh, dry cleaning draws from both uh, transient and from uh, local um, uh, living, so, uh, local residents. So Correct. you're saying that um, uh, uh, you can cr control it so that um, you can put out an ad so if someone happened to pass by through there, uh, uh, through through the area, they can uh, searching for dry cleaning. They could jump up and uh, get it. Or uh, yes, we could do that. There's so there's three major things that the platform would do for a small business like a dry cleaner. First, um, it's what we call our create phase. So the first thing that the platform will do is help the business owner create a website and manage that website. Now, if he already has one, that's fine, but if the business owner does not have one, then we help her. We have a fulfillment team that can also help her set it up, so she's never on her own trying to figure this out by herself. We can provide as much or as little help as she wants, but we create the website um, for them if they don't have one, and that website is fully mobile-enabled, meaning anyone can also visit that website from a mobile device, and it will work perfectly there as well. So we help, that's the first step, creating a website, or as we like to say, creating an electronic address. You have to have that today, or you're going to miss out on all these opportunities. Once you've created that website, then the second thing we would do for the dry cleaner is connect them. So our connect phase connects them into all of their, uh, all of their social accounts. So if they have Facebook accounts, great. We connect to those Facebook accounts. If they don't have any Facebook accounts, we can help them set them up, or LinkedIn, or Google+, or um, Foursquare, etc. We can link into all of those social networks and help them, um, uh, if they can publish from our platform and send out messages to all of those social networks, they can schedule messages to those social networks, they can monitor comments people are making there, and respond to them all from our interface. They don't have to go out to each of those networks individually. So. We also then um, connect them into our media network, so all of our media partners provide links uh, to their website from their websites. So that helps drive their search engine results, so they have a higher page rank on Google. And we update all of their information, as I mentioned earlier, in over 130 mobile or excuse me online directories, which allows people when they're searching, you know, for the if if I were walking uh, along the street and said, "Where's the nearest dry cleaner?" or if I were driving with my trunk full of laundry, where's the nearest dry cleaner, uh, those, that search would go out and look in, in all of those online databases for the nearest dry cleaner, and we would ensure that their information is accurate in those databases and they'll be found. <clears throat> so that's the connect phase. So they've created a website, they've connected it to all of these important components to make sure people can find them and people can see them on all the social networks. Then lastly is what we call um, the promote phase. So if they choose to actively promote their business, they can buy online, mobile, and broadcast ads and actually send out a message uh, encouraging people to frequent their business. So that's what the platform can do. And it's quite easy to use. The analytics are really incredible. Um, and it's a simple relationship uh, with us that you know, handles all of the billing and so on for them. Okay. Chris, we're, we're running close to time. How can people reach you and, and uh, or re, uh, reach your company or reach you? 
Yes, uh, thank you. They can go to radiatemedia.com and find out more information about our platform and our services. And there's ways they can uh, contact us through the website. We look forward to talking with them. And uh, how do you spell radiate? Radiate as in radiation, kind of, from the sun, R-A-D-I-A-T-E, media.com. Chris, thank you for for being with us. Thank you, Don. It's my pleasure. Well, uh, we have we go from the local to the global in just uh, thirty seconds. Uh, when we when we will be right back. Want to know more about health savings accounts for your company or yourself? Go to two hsa dot com and get a free employer's primer. Health savings accounts are a cost-effective way of offering health care benefits to your employees and yourself. HSAs build retirement funds for your employees, improve morale, and reduce your health care benefit costs. For a free employer guide to HSAs, go to 2HSA.com. That's 2HSA.com. Welcome back. And we uh, we have on the line uh, the president uh, of a global management uh, global payment company, and if you uh, come in and introduce yourself, you'll be helpful for me because I dropped the script. No problem. It's uh, Ralph Danglemeyer. I'm the CEO of Blue Snap. Well, Ralph, w- welcome to the program. Thanks, Todd. Uh, 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 inopportune moment to drop the script, but uh, any, anyway, uh, so happy, uh, so glad to have you with us. Uh, first, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. We asked that of everybody uh, on the program. Sure. Well, I'm uh, I'm from the Boston area, and I've spent the last 25 years in payments, working at banks, working for uh, software companies, and working for merchants, and supporting, helping them make payments all over the world. And that brought you to uh, to where you are now. Yeah, correct. I mean, I've spent time in software companies and banking, and at a global payments company. And um, as you probably have heard, selling things online a little bit unlike your previous guest. We're trying to help companies and stores sell in 180 different companies around the world, and that's a pretty tricky thing to do. You mean 100 countries? You said countries. 180 countries. Right. See, that's my fault. Um, uh, And it's what I liked about it. That's why I invited you on the program. Uh, Thanks. um, Many many small businesses have have decided to test uh, the waters and go uh, global. And uh, uh, one of the things we found in our research is the fact that uh, getting the money back uh, without uh, owner's fees has been a tremendous problem. And that's where you come in. Correct. What we do is uh, we help the small business be able to optimize or create the best checkout possible based on the country that we're selling in and collect the highest return on their money. 
Okay, and how do you help them? Well, a few ways. So uh, we were talking a little bit on the program about Apple and iTunes, and they've been the most successful in selling into shoppers or people all over the world. And we make businesses look like iTunes. So when you're in the middle of uh, showing a TV show or selling a software product in the middle of a game, uh, we let you check out the same way they do, or we let you emulate another very well-known e-commerce player, Amazon, where you can create a shopping cart or a basket of goods and check out that way. That's one way that we help them. The second way is when people buy online, they want to be able to have enter their credit card information online or their payment information in a local language with their local currency and using whatever their local cards are. And that's critical in, in selling globally. And we're spoiled in the United States because uh, English is predominant and there's only four or five cards. But when you travel around the world, there's 250 different ways to make payments. So it's very important to show things in what we call local, 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 languages, currencies, and cards. And then the third thing that people really look for is the subscription business has become very hard, selling things on a monthly basis. And um, merchants are really starting to adopt that model. So being able to wrap the way they check out, check, being able to be local and offering subscriptions has kind of been critical to attaining and attracting new shoppers for small businesses. So you say the small business that perhaps sell... Uh, is selling online and someone from, let, let's say, to start with England, uh, wants to buy their product, um, you, you enable them to, uh, uh, to, to accept that in whatever uh, card they happen to have. Exactly, yeah. And maybe I'll use Germany if that's okay, Don. Um, but the Germans are really known for not really using credit cards. As a matter of fact, uh, less than 20% of the Germans will use credit cards. So they use local cards uh, that are German-based, and they use uh, they prefer their languages. So if you're trying to sell in the Germany and you put American Express Visa MasterCard on there, you're alienating 80% of the population. So if you don't use their local payment types, like the local PayPal's there, then um, you're not going to be able to have as, as, as big of a sale as you should in, in those markets. So that's what we help merchants do. Okay, um, so we can get into this. is fascinating for me because it's brand new. Um, uh, uh, I, I'm selling. Let 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 me suggest it's a a, a Super Bowl uh, souvenir that somebody in Germany wants. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <clears throat> when they come on to, but they're they're on my site. Correct. Here in the United States, you Correct. provide an interface. So that they are getting, they are, when they go to uh, check out on the on the shopping cart, what they're seeing is German language and German uh, payment uh, uh, methodology. Yeah, German payment types, yeah, like the German PayPal's. One of them is called the EuroPay, and um, Germans use a lot of direct debit um, and uh, things called uh, what they call SEPA payments. Yes, you would see those show up as well as the euro. That's exactly correct. 
we would handle that for the merchant. You know, it's, it's fascinating. I, I never thought of, of, of such a problem. And then when I, when I realized that the Internet now is really making it um, uh, so that even if you put a product up here in the United States, it might end up in Germany or someplace else. Uh, you, you never think of a problem until it hits you. You, you don't, and don't. I may even tell you a quick story that uh, may interest some of the small businesses listening. I was recently down in a, in a fun place called New Orleans, and I was walking down Bourbon Street, and there's a great, I uh, smoke cigars, and it's a great cigar shop on Bourbon Street, and he advertised how he would sell and ship cigars all over the United States. I walked into the store, and I said to him, geez, you make a really nice cigar. Why would you only sell it in the United States? And he told me, well, because it's impossible for me to sell it outside of the United States. And I said, why is that? And he says, because they won't accept, I can't accept their payments outside the United States. And I said to him, Do you, you know, what if somebody could come along and fix your website so you could sell it right on your website in local languages, in local currencies, and using the local payment types and accepting the international cards? And he actually said to me, well, how would I ever do that? I handed him my card and said, that's exactly what you do. And he said, wow, do you know how many people come into my store every single day asking me if I could ship outside the United States? This would really improve my business, and I really need it because my business isn't growing the way it used to. And I think, Don, there's an education problem out there that a lot of the businesses just don't know these services exist. Well, that's why you're on this program. We do reach Thank a wide you. audience. Um <laughs> And um, we do try to identify issues like this, which uh, sometimes escape the uh, uh, larger media. Uh, and, and I, for one, learn, learned a great deal. And I'm, I'm going to say right here on the air that uh, you have to write an article for us for our magazine. I'm um, happy to do that. I just wrote an article, by the way, for a, a company uh, we just signed up a big gaming company called the the uh, Game of Thrones. Have you heard ah, of the TV show? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We just uh, they they uh, there's a, a company called Disruptor Beams that um, uh, built this game, and they've got already over half a million users that have signed up to play. And uh, in the middle of the game, you can actually make purchases of golds and swords, and we do that for the company. And we just wrote an article with them. And we're writing another article around mobile payments and how the uh, how mobile payments is going to really start becoming more prevalent as as the world economy turns. So we're happy to to submit an article to help educate some of the small businesses of how they can increase their sales globally in a very simple and easy fashion. Well, how much? Uh, uh, well, n none of this comes free. But how do you make your uh, uh, make your sales? Well, you know, Don, it's exactly the way um, the credit card companies make the charges, fees to the merchants when they're swiping cards. Uh, we get a, a small percentage of the transaction, and um, for most people, these are these are newfound monies. These are sales that they wouldn't have made anyway because um, somebody in Germany is not buying their product anyway. So, uh, so the fee is really irrelevant to the fact that they're making new sales that they wouldn't have gotten other ways. Uh, what uh, I guess my, my my next question is, uh, well, how does this how does it work? How does a small business uh, uh, go about uh, 
uh, putting it on their putting your product on their website. Sure. So one of the um, one thing that happens is they can come into our website and we're www.bluesnap.com and there's a registration form and we have the uh, merchants fill out a registration form and if they um, if the uh, business pass all the uh, we have a little risk test that they pass. Uh, they can be selling online. There's links that they can put on their website, and they can be selling online um, within the day. What, what are the risk factors that you, you talk about? Well, we just have to make sure that they're not selling anything illegal, that they're not huh. selling anything that uh, might be prohibited by, uh, you know, different card schemes or selling, you know, anything that might be uh, prohibited within the jurisdictions or states that... Uh, we have to follow all the rules of each country when we sell on them. That must be a nightmare. Um, it's that, difficult that, to monitor every single state um, and, and then every single country, uh, but we do it, and that's one of the big services that we provide our merchants so they don't have to worry about that. Well, do you provide the, if, uh, if the tax or the jurisdiction? Correct. We would. We would also... Uh, collect the taxes, uh, the VAT taxes, and we would uh, submit and pay those on behalf of the merchant as well. That's correct, Don. Well, that, that's an important thing. We uh, a couple of weeks ago we had someone on about the uh, ta the tax danger zone. That there are so many. Uh, uh, if you're an online merchant, there's so many. Uh, uh, I think he said like twenty three thousand different jurisdictions uh, in the United States alone. Uh, for collecting sales tax and other taxes, uh, it gets very complicated very quickly. But there's algorithms and services you can provide. And as the person was meeting talking before, we subscribe to all these services and integrate to different tax providers that we are able to um, aggregate those, so to speak, and provide a, a central service for all of the merchants when they when they become um, sellers or uh, service of Blue Snap. Customer is there any is there any minimums um, that you require in terms of uh, if, if you only got one sale out of uh, say uh, uh, Germany, you know, any, any limits to your product? Um, no, we don't require any limits by customer. We um, we do ask that or by country. We we do ask that people sell about f uh, over five thousand dollars a month. And, and uh, grow sales that we can process, but that's it. Well, that, that's what I meant. The minimum, uh, and, and yeah, you answered exactly the question. Uh, I, I'm uh, uh, swimming a little bit because the, this whole idea, until you had presented it, had uh, never occurred to me. And I'm sure, um, uh, and your story, which you, uh, I don't know if you heard the early part of the show, uh, uh, we had a guest who said about telling a story to make you memorable, and you told a story that makes it memorable with your your cigar store, walking in and enabling him to expand uh, his sales overseas. And uh, it's it's interesting. Um, uh, our first guest talked about a story tell, and you came through with a story to tell. So, thank you. Uh, our audience thanks you. That's the way they're going to come come back back to you. Uh, one last time, 
the, the name of your, your company and sure. your website? Ralph. And, yeah, I'm Ralph Danglemeyer. I'm the CEO of a company called Blue Snap, and we're a global payments services company. We help merchants sell all over the world. All right. Well, Ralph, we, we thank you very much for being with us uh, today. Uh, you, you certainly opened it up, and uh, we'll be in touch about writing that article for our next issue. Don, I appreciate the time. Have a good evening. You too. Cheers. The year is half done, and many small businesses are staring out at the final quarters. Our surveys and that of others clearly indicate they face many daunting challenges. The cutback in government spending is starting to affect them. One in five small businesses are dependent on government spending, either directly or indirectly. The, this reduction in spending is really starting to bite. Consumers are still not uh, going to the stores to, uh, to pre-recession levels. One survey this week indicates the average revenue for most small businesses are not at pre-recession levels. The recent decision by the Federal Reserve on interest rates has had a dampening effect on the stock market, though it seems to be recovering. But many experts, experts expect that interest rates uh, will rise significantly in months to come. Clearly, the era of cheap credit may be over. That means that all small businesses uh, need to start thinking about uh, what it's going to cost them to carry the loans they're on and everything else. Uh, um, one good news that's come out of today's uh, uh, news events is that uh, the Obama administration uh, has decided to uh, delay for a year um, penalties to large companies for not uh, 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 providing health care benefits for the uh, for their employees. Is, is this good? Well, it certainly will be good for Democrats in the, in the uh, midterm elections because uh, that's clearly going to have a, a, po a positive effect. Um, I think when people uh, fully realize the impact of Obamacare next year, there's going to be a lot of howling. The Wall Street Journal reported today that the individual, you know, or rather earlier this week, that individuals' uh, health insurance costs are, uh, for the, those that are healthy are going to rise significantly. For those that are already sick, there's going to be some benefit. In the long run, uh, as the Chinese say, may you live in interesting times. And for small business leaders, these are interesting times. Thank you for listening, and we'll be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture, uh, uh, better manage your cash flow, and improve uh, employee morale. We're here every week at uh, www.blogtalkradio.com dot coms slash small business digest if you like what you heard today tell others about our efforts if you'd like to be a guest or suggest topics for future hours email me at dbazella at is hyphen incorp dot com 
You can uh, know all about us at smallbusinessdigest.net. We will also like to remind listeners that besides our radio efforts, we also have a magazine and newsletters. Good night.
Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.